Welcome to another Health Amplified, a Cleveland Clinic podcast. With us, as always, is Akil Seklecha, managing partner of Cleveland Clinic Ventures, and I'm Will Morris. Today, we have a special treat. While we're celebrating our 100-year anniversary, we look back at the genesis of our own history of innovation at Cleveland Clinic. And with us is Chris Coburn. He is currently the Chief Innovation Officer of Mass General Brigham, a quite large team of over 125 individuals tasked with bringing worldwide commercialization applications and unique capabilities um, and discoveries um, at Mass General Brigham. But prior to taking his talent to Boston, uh, he was the founding director of Cleveland Clinic Innovations. He partnered with our former, former CEO, Dr. Toby Cosgrove, and chief of staff, Dr. Joe Hahn, to create this new entity. And so with, um, with myself and Akil, thank you so much, Chris, for joining this podcast. Well, thank you, Will and Akil. Great to be with you this morning. Well, I, I think you know what we'd like to do is a little throwback and and take us you know back to those founding days. There wasn't a lot of kind of innovation offices within hospital systems, and and kind of walk us through kind of what was the genesis, what were those barriers, and and certainly you know now twenty years ahead, um, you know what do you reflect on on doing right? Well, well, thanks. I, I would say the genesis of of innovation at uh, at the clinic really was a combination of several factors. One, you had uh, Toby Cosgrove, Dr. Cosgrove as chair of cardiac surgery, uh, taking an ever larger role in the uh, leadership of the of the system. You know, ultimately becoming CEO in two thousand and three. Uh, so it was his activity uh, working with Dr. Joe Hahn, who was chair of surgery. And I think the combination of those things, uh, uh, looking to leverage the historic commitment to innovation of the institution going back to 1921. So it, it was uh, it was uh, uh, the right time, and I think the right combination of people. So when you first uh, got involved, and you, and you saw the the landscape of what Cleveland Clinic had, uh, the leadership, the innovators. How did you, you know, get your arms around all of this and feel that uh, something could be started and how it would get started? Well, well thanks, Akil. I, I would say that, uh, you know, first of all, looking over the landscape, the community within uh, the clinic, there's, in my view, been kind of an unbroken uh, uh, focus on innovation since the founding. The question was really an organizational one. How do we uh, direct ourselves in a way to push that ever further? And it, you know, again, the blessing of having uh, the uh, the most prolific inventor in the history of the clinic uh, at that time, uh, chair of cardiac surgery, and then uh, headed to be CEO, certainly uh, made a big difference. So, so, but from my standpoint, the the challenge was. Uh, heavily on the organization side was uh, connecting, building the team, uh, trying to tie together the, the, uh, you know, the enormous reservoir of capability that was uh, resident in the, in the system, and then trying to direct it uh, uh, more towards the commercial market. In, in, 
In the 20 years you kind of look back, I imagine you kind of early on, as you mentioned, you have two surgeons kind of at the helm. It was heavy in the, in the devices. Um, what has been the kind of evolution uh, from your purview of kind of those core areas um, and what do you think is the future white hot space? Um, great question. I, um, you know, obviously uh, devices uh, have been central to the, the world of um you know, improved care, uh, uh, improved diagnostics. Uh, and I think they, they will stay that way. I think devices uh, have already become intelligent. The combination, obviously, with uh, digital capabilities makes uh, a huge difference. I think as we look towards the future, uh, several things. Uh, you know, one, obviously, the, the uh, role of digital in care transformation and the kind of recreation of the U.S. model of the delivery of care was was basically demonstrated full force uh, when the pandemic arrived. So we won't back away from that, and I, I think that will be a a um, uh, ongoing um, um, element of what defines care. Um, additionally, I think you'll see the application of digital, but also uh, other new technologies, whether they're genetic sequencing or uh, across that realm in fields like behavioral health. So, uh, you know, some people see that as the second largest area of expense in all of, all of healthcare and re really not uh, efficiently uh, addressed. So uh, a lot of room for growth there. And then, you know, in the, in the area of therapies, of therapeutics, uh, gene and cell therapy clearly is is um, a rocket ship. Uh, both have been around. You could say cell therapy has been around for more than 100 years, but they, they've arrived and arrived together. And uh, the power of those technologies is stunning. And obviously, a lot of great work going on at the clinic, uh, also for us at Mass General Brigham. When you go, when you go back, and, and maybe to add on to Will's question, you know, devices was certainly a big area at the Cleveland Clinic and in innovation. Um, and when you were here and setting things up, uh, what were some, I'm curious as to some of the challenges that you faced because starting something new in an environment like this, although innovative, but it, it's a very large organization. Uh, and so when you go back to that time, uh, obviously change management and, and building something new is, is always difficult, but in your mind, what were some of the big challenges you faced uh, in, in starting innovations, and then as you as you kind of grew that that group. Well, I think in any large organization, the the uh, the need is always present to gain the trust and confidence of the people that you have to work with. So for us, the great benefit to have you know someone like Dr. Johan so revered uh, throughout the organization, and and also so visible as someone that uh, was a kind of ever present element of what uh, of what we were trying to do. So so I think uh, that uh, establishing those relationships and then maintaining them was very important. I, I think also a key uh, from my perspective is, is the fact that no hospital, no university is set up for per se is founded to create, create commercial outcomes. So you always need to keep in mind that uh, these activities uh, are at times running counter to uh, the the more classic um, uh, outputs and aspirations for uh, for 
the hospital or the system. So there's a need to, in a sense, almost over-communicate. So at least for me, that meant, uh, uh, you know, continuous rounding where, you know, just drop by and call on the chair of cardiology and talk about what's, uh, you know, what's occurring in his department, what, uh, uh, what were the needs and, and what were the issues. And, you know, I, uh, I started a program there and continued it in Boston where I call on every department chair, every clinical and research leader at least once a year and ask them face-to-face, -face, uh, how are we doing? Uh, are, can we do better? Um, and, you know, what, what have uh, our successes been? So, so that idea that you need to over-engage and, and really live from the perspective of, you know, what is the role of our team within this broader environment where, uh, uh, you know, patients' lives and, and um, large economic decisions are getting made every day. I, I love that commentary kind of on, on the, the, the simple act, but very, very profound act of, of engagement being authentic and, and transparent, um, you know, in, in seeking the advice and guidance. I'm, I'm curious, you know, either at the clinic experience or, or at Mass General, the the opportunity for innovation going the other way, right? Industry or startups having something, but they have a solution looking for a problem and they need the clinical input or operational input. You know, your thoughts on that approach, how, how does that kind of balance out from, you know, traditional kind of, I want to say tech transfer and, and right. growing stuff um, as opposed to kind of out in, out? Right. Yeah. And always been a big priority from my standpoint, which is uh, the market realities that, you know, the measure, the work of uh, these functions is in the commercial realm. So uh, uh, being able to uh, interpret and act on what their priorities are is, is key. So kind of that uh, constant engagement um, uh, in Boston and also in Cleveland, we used a very active external board in Boston. We now call it the Innovation Growth Board. Some of the top venture funds and and uh, most innovative companies are represented on there, and and from my standpoint, it's it's almost a lifeline from you know from this area where uh, we need to be able to discern and then act on uh, these uh, commercial dynamics, and and it, you know that requirement runs across the board and. Uh, I, I think once industry sees you as uh, as a part, a real partner, uh, collaborative innovation can take place. Uh, they need to be able to count on uh, you know the things that define academic medicine. You know these insights, the ability to establish proof of biology, or to do an implementation on a digital technology. Things that have to occur in the laboratory and the care environment of uh, of a big system where you know, patients and, and the related insights and data are available. Companies will always need that. And, and so uh, capitalizing on that, I think, is driven by their, um, you know, their uh, ability to see you as an effective uh, partner. Now, when, when you were either here at, at the clinic or, or where you are now at, at Mass General Brigham is, have you ever... Uh, taken kind of the, the the white spaces that are out there or the problems that are needing to be solved and go back to the inventors and say, can you work in these areas 
that we've identified as problems, as opposed to, you know, waiting for their eureka moments and bringing things towards you? Well, Akil, thanks for that question. That, that exactly uh, characterizes some of the work we're doing now in behavioral health. So if you look at our three hospitals, uh, Mass General Psychiatry, McLean Hospital, and uh, Brigham and Women's, you know, the, the combination of uh, uh, psychiatric and uh, uh, talent in those um, uh, three institutions, the aggregate of that, has to be the largest in the U.S. I can't imagine anything being bigger. So on the clinical side, uh, we have an awesome resource. Trying to uh, uh, better dock with uh, uh, dynamics in the investment and the commercial world is uh, a project we have currently underway. So we've assembled a group of uh, leaders uh, from the industry side um, uh, you know, very large, very recognizable companies, uh, investors, and entrepreneurs to be part of an iterative dialogue with our uh, clinician leadership around areas that uh, I, I think can represent common ground and, um, and then drive, ideally drive some of that back even to the discovery uh, realm. And whether, you know, it's companies... Uh, 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 contributing their own their own their own insights, their own uh, libraries, uh, or our people, uh, you know, sharing what they see as uh, as shortcomings in the uh, realm of commercial products. You know, ideally, that will uh, bring us to uh, new outcomes that might not have happened on their own. So th that's an example. I think we subscribe to that that concept that. Uh, you can look at unmet needs, uh, uh, a model that uh, we follow um, a number of times, and, and there's been good government support for this. I think the state of Ohio has been a great partner with uh, the clinic on, uh, on programs to uh, you know, uh, be able to drive ideation around recognition and ideation around unmet needs in areas of future growth. And uh, you know, as both of you know um, uh, better than me, there are plenty of fields that are still underserved in terms of the, you know, let's call it the state of technology for whatever reasons, whether it's investment trends or just kind of historical um, uh, perspectives around a given field. And in my view, those are right for uh, this kind of uh, um, um, intervention, if you will, around the ability to determine and prioritize uh, around uh, those needs. Uh, you brought up kind of the, the, this, the second kind of quiet pandemic, which is, is behavioral health coming out of, out of uh, COVID. I'm curious, you know, how COVID played and impacted you uh, and your team in, in um, either surfacing unmet needs or pain points that you, we didn't know we didn't know until the was under you know duress and stress um, to you know we have a new need. I'm just curious, you know, as you reflect back in the past ten months um, during this the the these these uh, pandemic times, you know, what are the unintended positive things that you you could say? Gosh, you know, what we were able to do amazing things and look at this space. Yeah, well, well first uh, and fortunately for us, uh, we had just adopted a, a large digital uh, uh, enterprise uh, uh, data and digital health initiative 
about a $500 million investment in the year before the pandemic hit. So that that had uh, shifted the, you know, let's call it the organizational capability to respond. Uh, we brought in a, a first ever digital health uh, officer. Um, and, you know, those things combined, I think, positioned us and accelerated across a broad spectrum uh, of um, uh, implementations of technology. And then the numbers for us, I'm sure similar in Cleveland, where we went from uh, something like less than 2,000 uh, uh, remote visits to over 250,000 in, in just a matter of weeks. So, so that you know, broad scale disruption uh, again, tested a lot of uh, a lot of concepts and validated a number of technologies, and our team, obviously, part of that, part of our giant enterprise of eighty thousand uh, people. So we were kind of working within that context, and so uh, really heartening to see how people were able to drive things through to outcomes, to test assumptions to better understand the environment that um, uh, we were operating in. And one of the things that's come out of this is uh, we now have a digital uh, investment fund, $30 million, uh, just in the process of making our first investment on that. And so much of what's been learned over the last year is being reflected in uh, in those uh, in the um, management uh, uh, of that fund and the creation of the portfolio. So I give that as an example. Plenty of other things, but you know, again, our team, like everyone else uh, in healthcare in the U.S. and I think around the world, we did have to define, redefine how we worked. I remember being at the office. I think it was like March 12th, and kind of saying goodbye to our team. You know, really great working with you. Uh, I hope we're together at some point in the not too distant future. And you know, years gone by. So. Uh, yeah. And I, you know, I think realistically, uh, we're not going to be together until middle of the summer at best. Um, could be a little bit later. So, you know, that's been a challenge, challenge for everyone. But uh, uh, it's remarkable how resilient people are, and and the tools that have emerged to promote resiliency. Um, uh, just an example of kind of the overall response. As as we're Coming down on time, I, I, I was just thinking of a, a, a question that I'd like to ask you is, you know, if you if you go back to your time here in Cleveland, um, you know, what how, what is your biggest success? I'm not talking, you know, it doesn't have to be economic, but the biggest accomplishment that you're proud of during your time here at Cleveland Clinic. Uh, well, again, everything happens. Um, as part of a team at the clinic, so I, you know, I, I don't want to have my name associated with this, but I think uh, at the time uh, in 2000 and 1999, uh, prior to that, when we started the discussion, um, I'd like to think the the view of uh, uh, innovation and, uh, and commercial outcome was incidental. Uh, There's a small team, two and a half people. They were part of a de another department and and then went to being something where it, it was uh, top of mind I'd like to believe for leadership across the board um, people were either uh, 
prioritizing it in their area or at least uh, appreciating the significance of it. Uh, a lot of really good people came to the clinic and uh, uh, became part of the team. Uh, many uh, younger clinicians uh, joined uh, where they saw this uh, right off the bat. And uh, truth be told, uh, I guess it was, I don't know, 2007 or 2006. Uh, 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 no, excuse me, it was before that. It's more like 2003 uh, when uh Toby was still chair of cardiac surgery. He asked if uh, uh, I, I would help support a recruitment for a young cardiac surgeon from Brigham, uh, Dr. Tomislav Mahalovich, and because he was an innovator. And I had a chance to spend time with Tom uh, before he ever committed to the clinic. And um, so, so the beautiful thing from from at least looking back on it now, 21 years later, is just the embrace of the commitment and the understanding that there needs to be a strong team to pursue this and getting the right people into those positions is so key. Well, Chris, we wish to, to first of all, say thank you for your time, but more importantly, um, your, your candid and, and personal remarks kind of, as we reflect back on our 100 years, you know, it is about team. Um, you know, it takes a pandemic to realize that even though perhaps in, in one world, Cleveland Clinic and Mass General and others, you know, compete against, at the end of the day, we all serve one mission, which is to serve patients. And, and there is more commonality, more partnership, more collaboration. So um, you are always part of, of, of the clinic family. And, and, you know, the degree of reciprocity, I think, between between Boston and Cleveland is rich. But, you know, going forward, I think, you know, for ourselves and for those listening, it does take a village. It does require, you know, this unbelievable opportunity that, to people kind of lean in and, and, and participate. Um, so I just wish to thank you. Um, you know, innovation is alive and well, uh, certainly at the clinic, uh, and, and, and no, uh, certainly a part of, of you um, and, and owes you a debt of gratitude. So, so thank you for your time. We appreciate it. And uh, thanks for listening to another Health Amplified, a Cleveland Clinic podcast. Mm -hmm.